Jeez, it's cold out there tonight. It's kind of cold that hardens the heart. Only the hardiest hearts hearken here tonight. And for those of you outside streaming, wherever you are, perhaps just this once, we will be prepared to acknowledge that maybe, it just might be, possibly, we might prefer to be where you are now. So cold that even we extremists of the New York City cult, who wouldn't dream of living anywhere else, and for whom even to cross the Hudson is a bit scary. It's the kind of cold that causes even us to dream of the sun. Yes, we confess only this once. Don't get used to it and don't lord it over us. But we might have caught ourselves this week dreaming of warmer climes. Some sun-drenched section of Arizona sounds mighty good to me. Speaking of Arizona, <laughs> did you see the Super Bowl? What an amazing game. It all came down to the last play, the second to last play, really, when on the one yard line, instead of handing the ball off to their ferocious running back, Marshawn Lynch, the Seattle Seahawks, passed the ball, which was promptly intercepted by the New England Patriots, and that was it. The game, the season, the championship were over in the blink of an eye. I'd like to suggest to you four lessons from the Super Bowl. One, life can change in an instant. Seahawks were on the one-yard line. Let's be honest. Who in their right mind at that moment would have bet against them the touchdown was essentially assured and the game was basically over. What were the mathematical probabilities of another outcome? But it all changed on a dime. In one instant, one play that was either misconceived or poorly executed, and the future was not what it was. That's how life is. For better or for worse, our lives can change on a dime. Actuarial probabilities are only that, probabilities. Anything can happen to us at any time. We assume that tomorrow will be like today. Our health, our household will be intact, our job will be there tomorrow. The world, like the Mississippi, will just keep rolling along. But you're right, remember a few years ago, even the Mississippi stopped just rolling along because there was a drought out there in the Midwest. We yearn for safety and stability, but in truth, everything is changing all the time. We don't know what our next play will bring because we haven't played it yet. 
We may have not even made the call. We might not even know who's in the huddle. We're vulnerable to accidents, illnesses, crises that seem to arise out of nowhere. What seemed like a sure thing today might seem distant tomorrow. For this reason, the sage Eliezer said, make sure to repent even the day before your death. His disciples asked him, Master, does a person know on which day he will die? Eliezer responded, that being the case, repent today. It may be your last. We often forget how great a role chance plays in our lives. There's a well-known story about how Trotsky lost out in the power struggle to succeed Lenin during Lenin's last illness, Trotsky was duck hunting, and he contracted influenza walking there in the puddles in felt shoes. Because he was convalescing, he never received the telegram informing him of Lenin's death, and thus never attended the funeral. And therefore, he was lying in bed convalescing when the struggle to succeed Lenin was taking place. And he later noted one can foresee the consequences of a revolution and of war, but it is impossible to foresee the consequences of an autumn duck hunting mission. And since our lives are unpredictable, don't take anything for granted. Don't assume that you have called the right play or will execute it properly. And even if you've done everything right, the other side still has something to say about it. Outside circumstances over which you have little control might frustrate your plans. Your goals may be intercepted. And therefore, live a life of purpose and a life of meaning. Don't take anything for granted. Enjoy the good and realize that into every life some rain must fall. Two, leadership is about taking responsibility. Pete Carroll, the Seahawks head coach, was magnificent. He immediately realized the magnitude and the ramifications of the call. But he stepped up without hesitation to assume responsibility. Even though he didn't actually make the call, the offensive coordinator did, and even though he wasn't the one who actually threw the interception, the quarterback, Russell Wilson, did. Nonetheless, Carroll was the head coach. And he knew what had to be done. It's so refreshing to see someone today immediately step forward and take responsibility. It's so rare nowadays. We don't even expect CEOs and political leaders to assume responsibility. Today, corporate CEOs and political leaders are quick to boast of their status, but when the play goes wrong, they're quick to blame someone else. That is human nature. It's not natural to accept blame. The tendency is to accept praise when things go right, but to cast blame on others when things go wrong. 
The Bible recognizes this basic human trait from the very beginning. Even in Eden, Adam's response to God's question, did you eat from the tree that I forbade? His response was to blame Eve. The woman you put at my side, what some people might say today, that woman, she gave me the fruit of the tree. And when God asked Eve, what have you done? Eve responded, the snake made me do it. The snake, by the way, didn't attempt to blame anyone. Because blaming others is a human trait. It's not in the animal kingdom. So much of Judaism is about urging us to overcome this basic human trait of avoiding responsibility. The Parsha of the week, Yitro, contains the giving of the law and the Ten Commandments. The whole point of freedom was to take responsibility. The exodus, freedom, without Sinai, law, is Jewishly incomprehensible. Train yourself to take responsibility in life. Work to overcome the natural human tendency to cast blame on others. If you're the one who wants to make the call, you must assume responsibility when the call goes wrong. We don't know until afterwards whether our decisions were right. That's the whole point of responsibility. Otherwise, the very notion of responsibility would be meaningless. And therefore, leadership really requires a form of courage that is rare today. Three, losing is often more interesting than winning. <laughs> From a human perspective, I'm often more attracted to the drama of losing than winning. I like to see people scuffed up a bit. It's more characteristic of our daily experience. No one really sets out to lose. If we're in a competition, we want to win. Winning is where glory resides. Winning brings fame and fortune. America is about winning. We consider it almost un-American to lose. But losing is so much more human. After all, there's only one winner. Everyone else doesn't win. Only one person or one team wins. Now, we soften the blow nowadays for our children. We're so averse to not winning that we stack the deck. We create rules of the game so as to consider everyone a winner. Kids who sit on the bench and never get into a game and whose teams lose, they also get a trophy. Poor little tykes. But all of us lose. All of us lose all the time. We fail more often than we succeed. That's why winning is so empowering and so intoxicating. It's because we so often lose. We fail on the big things. 
and we fail on the little things. We fall short on our most promising ambitions. In the words of Shakespeare, oft expectation fails, and most off there where most it promises. And that's why the Bible states, a righteous man, a worthy person, falls down seven times and gets up, whereas the unworthy are tripped up by misfortune. Get up! This is really what Judaism teaches. If you are so worried about falling down, you will never walk, never run, and never leap. Get up! As Churchill said, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Four, social media often resembles mob rule. One would have thought that the world was coming to an end when the Seahawks turned the ball over. Judging by the sentiment on social media, one would have thought that Pete Carroll was the world's worst villain. You know, I'm never against technology or innovation. And even if I was tough, no one has the power to stop the winds of progress. But science is neutral. It could be good. It could be get bad. Splitting the atom brought enormous benefit to the world. It could also destroy the world. Curing smallpox saved millions of lives. It could also extinguish millions of lives. We are instructed over and over again to be, temperament, to be temperate in judgment. In this week's Parsha, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, urged Moses to create a system of justice that would allow time for reflection, slow and temperate judgment. Today, we feel that if we do not respond instantly, we are irrelevant. We've done this to ourselves. Twitter trumps Timely temperance. Facebook foments filterless fury. The reach of technology and the ease with which we can propound our every thought and sentiment creates the opposite of wisdom. It's the rule of the mob. The passions of the street overwhelm good judgment. It seems as if no one has time or patience to think anymore. No one is interested in subtlety or complexity. If you can't tell it to me in 140 characters, don't tell it to me at all. Relax. Calm down. You might discover some good qualities about Pete Carroll that may not be heard in the echo chamber of the mob. After all, he's one of the most successful football coaches in history, having won two college titles and one Super Bowl last year. It might even be that the next Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl win will seem even sweeter because of this loss. It's the bitterness of loss that gives victory its sweetness. It's what John Steinbeck called the 
acid of failure that propels us towards the nectar of success. But how would you know that if you have no perspective? If it's all about the here and now, if it's all about venting your emotions on the world in 140 characters instantaneously, if you want to be whole and complete, if you want your life to count for something, if you want to get the most out of your God-given talents, put the computer down from time to time. Shut it off. And think. Actually, what would be really good for you? Observe Shabbat. That's our time to remove ourselves from the world of production and enter into the world of perspective. And without perspective, we are a shadow of what we could be. So, we have done the right thing to have braved the cold and entered this world of reflection. And for those of you out there who couldn't make it today because of the cold, we'll give you dispensation this one time. And we'll see you next week. Shabbat shalom.